swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Makes you want to go. <laughs> you can go to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle. Make sure you go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it. Subscribe it. Tell a friend. And go on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how are you living? Living well. It's been uh it's been about two, two to three weeks since we've recorded our last episode. So it's it's nice to be back. Uh weather's, yes. weather's looking good outside. Family's been good. Started watching uh finally got to they just added the Lego movies on HBO Max, and I what? never watched them and God, the first one is incredible <laughs> i can't wait to watch the second <laughs> one the first one is it's like i remember when it came out it was like it was one of those things like rated it like highly on rotten tomatoes and all that all that good stuff um which is basically like the metacritic for movies and so i was like oh sweet all right cool yeah but i never saw it and then i've been waiting and it wasn't on any streaming platform that i had other than if i wanted to rent it on uh, amazon prime and then just Check to see what was just added the other day in a Lego movie, Lego movie two. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. They, also, they already had the Batman Lego movie on there. So that's what I was gonna ask about. Like, hey, you get the Batman one? Yeah. So all of them are there. And yeah, that first Lego movie is absolutely incredible. So watch that. And um, yeah, just been doing the family thing, been getting out a little bit more, went back to work finally for the first time since the pandemic. That that place had not changed at How all. Was that? It was, it was nothing had changed so it was like it was weird because of that like you went back like all my funkos were there and but they weren't like dusty so somebody had clearly been cleaning my desk <laughs> since i that left. was my next question like is it dust and cobwebs yeah nah, there's the funny thing is like there was still christmas decorations from like la- when we left <laughs> like last time so we left about like the end of february early march so we hadn't taken down everything so when we got back those same decorations were still up um one of my coworkers, his his his, his plant was dead. <laughs> nobody took care of it the entire two years, which, which it, made sense. They dusted it, just couldn't water. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was weird the first like couple hours, and then yeah, you just go about your life, and hopefully they keep it. To, we're only there for two days out of the week, so if if we keep it to that, then we will not have any issues. Yes, but if you up that number. Then I might be looking for a new job. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about yourself, uh, A Dub? How you how you been these past couple of weeks? Well, I mean, speaking of new jobs, I managed to get a new job. Same title, same responsibilities, more money. <laughs> Working with a friend of mine who also departed from the business, so you know, it's 
I, I like working for and with her. She's very competent and just a very good person. So it was a no brainer to follow her where she's going. So I'm looking forward to starting the next chapter of my life in that regard next month. Uh, playing the hell at games. I started working out again. I took a month off, got a little soft and just went zero to a hundred on the workouts starting back on Monday. So my legs felt like they were hit by a truck the whole week. And yeah, but everything's starting to feel good now. I imagine everything will feel much better in these coming weeks. It was like, I took some time off. I needed to study, but you know, I was just, I was getting soft. I was getting loose. It was like, this is the life for me. I got to get my health back as, as the number one priority. So back in that game and yeah, man, just enjoying life, rolling with the punches, just trying to, trying to embrace the highs and, not put too much stock into the lows. The the highs are outweighing the lows at this point. So things are looking up for you, boy. I can't complain. Yeah, it's definitely with um with all like the the bullshit that's going on out there. There are at least a ton of distractions, I might say, to help us get through the day. So many. <laughs> so a dub with that. What have you been playing for the past couple weeks now? Uh, I mean, it's. Given the period of time, things have changed considerably. I mean, we've got just some of the best games that are played. However, there's one elephant in the room that must be addressed, and we'll do so shortly. Uh, I was playing the hell out of Horizon Forbidden West, I believe, that in our last show I might have had some time to talk about that. Gorgeous, stunning, outstanding visuals, rock solid performance in the performance mode, one of the smoothest 60 frames per second I've ever seen. Kind of spoiled me in a way because when I start playing other games that don't have as good performance, I'm just like, Ugh, I can see it now. <laughs> you know, you get used to it. Um, Gran Turismo 7 came out, so uh, I put a great deal of time into that, just clearing the, the menus from the cafe, getting the free cars, stacking my chips, getting used to this racing. It's, I feel kind of underserved by Forza Horizon because while those games are incredibly fun, absolutely stunning to look at, they don't really do much for the actual feel of the driving. Like, Again, don't get me wrong, it feels amazing. You have fun. It's not very complicated to do well in those games, but that played to my detriment because when I started playing Gran Turismo 7, I was trying to play it like Forza, so like, oh, I got this. Oh, I got, oh, I'm sliding off the track. Oh, I'm spinning. <laughs> it's in Gran Turismo 7, my mantra is you should probably be going slower. <laughs> Whenever I come up to a turn, it's like, oh, this should probably slow down a little more than I'm used to. Like, it's, even with past Gran Turismo's, it doesn't necessarily behave in the way that I I remember it behaving. So I'm really learning very well how to drive a lot better. It's it's ugly <laughs> when I'm on the track. A lot of sliding. It's a lot of you know a lot of adjusting. But it does things that I very much appreciate. Whereas in Forza Horizon, they use that drive that drive its hard data where they're pulling data from the way that real world people drive. However, I think that's not the best thing to do because it's a video game. People aren't going to be driving the way that they normally would in a video game. They're going to be trying to run you off the track. They're going to be backing into you at the starting line and that kind of stuff. Driving aggressively, nudging you while you're, while you're in a turn if they're just like slightly behind you. In Gran Turismo 7, there's none of that. 
the cars are all trying to drive a clean race, which makes it more than possible for you to do the same. Uh, when you're trying to pass them, they'll try to get out of your way. You know, if it feels like, ah, he's going to pass this, just move out the way. Whereas, like, four is let, let me give him the lane real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, I'm not trying to get my car all bruised up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, a lot of things that took me by surprise. I mean, the visuals are great. The driving itself feels great, especially with the adaptive triggers and the haptics in the, in the DualSense controller because you really do feel the car like losing control. It does little subtle things like when I'm in a turn and my tire hits that, that little corner and raises up, I can actually feel that on the controller and feel the, the shift in the car's physics. Like you can feel the car. It, it's, it's doing great things for my ability to drive in a more natural manner because it feels closer to like, okay, the thing that I see on screen, I'm not really guessing how it feels or what's happening to it because I can feel it. So that's awesome. I think Polyphony Digital did an excellent job there. However, that elephant in the room that must be addressed comes in the form of Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, so everybody was hyped for this game. You know, people trying to downplay it. Oh, it's just Dark Souls 4. It's like, yeah, it's Dark Souls 4. It's open world. It's going to be great. Comes out and... I just cannot help but be blown away every time by the way that it looks because it's the draw distance everywhere you look, you, you see the world. Like you look off in the distance, like, is that a castle? And you look on your map and you zoom out, you move it over. It's like, ah, that is a castle. Okay. I haven't gone to that one yet. That looks like a cave. Oh, there's a big ass tower over there. There's a structure. Let me go check that out. It's got a dungeon. <laughs> Everywhere you go, everything you find, like there's there's something there. Even if it's just an encounter or an item or a piece of lore or a merchant, or maybe you get there and there's nothing, but you come back at night and suddenly there's a boss there. It's one of the most incredibly crafted worlds I've ever seen because it still preserves that unique character that is from soft games while translating it into a incredibly massive open world. Like massive doesn't even really begin to describe it. I don't even think I've fully, I know I haven't fully uncovered everything on it and it's each individual area feels like an open world game all on its own. It's, I'm coming in on 100 hours. My character is level probably like 103. I'm trying to get up to at least 120 before I really start leaning back into buffing my attack power. Um, I finally get into some armor that I like the look of. You know, I'm starting to get more comfortable in combat, exploration. I just beat a major boss that pretty much unlocked a whole subterranean world that I'm exploring now. And just the game just keeps escalating and giving you new stuff. And as your character improves, as you pick a weapon, as you pick a weapon art to put on it, as you pick a playing style with either magic or melee or, or two shields, and sword and board, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, there's a way to do it in Elden Ring. I'm summoning bringing out the homies, got the, got the Lucarian army helping me out whenever I'm going into a boss fight and I'm carrying a little too much currency to, to feel 
to feel confident, um, still finding new enemies and still being handed tough battles, upgrading my weapons, turning it into a straight anime fantasy. It's the most phenomenal, unbelievable game I've ever played. I mean, I've, I've spoken to you about it via text. And the thing that I keep coming back to is that Elden Ring feels like what would have happened if there was a seamless transition between 2D and 3D visuals. Because to me, it feels like Elden Ring is the game that we've been building up to ever since the transition to 3D. Like it, it feels like what goes on in your head when you're playing Simon's Quest on NES. And like you see those pixels and he's jumping, he's got his whip. But in your head, you've got this full panoramic view of this spooky setting with your guy walking around whipping in every which direction. Also movie shit. Like Elden Ring, it, it's gorgeous to look at. It performs very well most of the time. There are some performance and technical hitches, the frame rate dips, of course, we know about all that. And, you know, FromSoft continuing to patch and improve the game. A buff here, a nerf there, just it, depending on the player data and what they're observing because they're trying to perfect that experience for as many people as possible. And yeah, man, my hat's off. To from software, we knew what Elden Ring was going to be before release, but when you actually have the final product in your hand, it greatly exceeds any possible expectation that anyone might have had. Like it's, it, it, there, there's no, there's no good way to describe it that really does it justice or accurately encapsulates what that game is doing. I can't put it down. I can't stop thinking about. It. All I think about is, all right, I, I got to get one more level. Oh, I got to explore one more dungeon. I got to take on one more boss. I got to just run more. Let me just push a little further. Wait, I can do this now. Wait, I can upgrade this now. Wait, I just got this new outfit. Get my fashion ring on. Because you know how it goes. Once you start getting the looks, you got to see how you look in your looks. <laughs> I'm loving Elden Ring. It continues to impress. It's a bit easier to follow the side quests. This time around, they also patched in a little update that'll help people a QOL feature where they they show the NPCs on the map. So that's a little more helpful when you're trying to follow a quest line. And yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to getting back into it once we're done here. So AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, I've been playing um, a couple games. Uh, so last we talked, probably, yeah, I think I beat it within that time period, but... I was playing girlfriend game wise playing it takes two with Marissa and yes. we put that down. That was uh, completely phenomenal all the way through the end. Uh, as I mentioned, when we first started playing when we would be done with the session. Like I was, I was already jazzed up and Marissa would be like, I can't wait to play that game again. Next time one of the kids goes down for a nap, we're playing that game. Um, and so we, we played the shit out of it. We beat it. Uh, only thing I would say that I would add is, you know, it's one of those things doesn't happen all the time, but you play a game that you should have played the previous year before um, to put it into consideration for game of the year. And uh, sometimes it doesn't meet the expectation. Like I remember Disco Elysium was one of those ones where it was a good game, great game. I would even say not great enough for me to continue playing, but really enjoyed the hours I put into it. And before playing it, it was one of those games like, fuck, if I played that when I think it was 2019, when it came out, it might've been my game of the year playing it later. I was like, nah, it wouldn't have been, but (laughs) 
playing it takes two um i think i had metroid dread as my game of the year um played some played some pretty dope games last year but yeah after playing it takes two now it's just absolutely awesome game and main reason being that it's you know growing up playing i've always loved co-op games but growing up playing co-op games a lot of times it's kind of like you're just playing and another person's playing and that's co-op. Like There's like, there's no real connection with the characters every now and then they might have a game where you can do like a combo off of each other. But for the most part, like if it's Diablo, it's like, I'm doing my magic shit. You're doing your shit. And again, like, you're both just on the field trying not to die, but you're not really working too much in unison when you're playing. Um, whereas it takes two, it's a game made for co-op. Like literally you cannot play it single player. You have to play with another person, whether it's online or, or couch co-op so that's uh, so and what i love about it is that the game is then made to with that in mind that that is the that is the gameplay philosophy behind it and that is the main gameplay mechanic is you're going to be working together and what i love about the game too is that you have these two different characters it's the husband husband and the wife long story short like they're getting divorced and Aww. you're put in this other world and you're working shit out and what I love about the game is that each time you go through the world, so the game has like a gameplay loop in that every time you get into a new area, you'll get you'll eventually get a, a different ability. Like, so you'll lose whatever ability you had in the previous area and you'll get a new ability. And what's awesome is when you get the abilities, it's different for each character um, between the husband and the wife. And you then have to use those abilities in conjunction to a uh, to often solve puzzles or use in combat, things along those lines. And so it's easily a game that we could replay. In fact, we're already planning on replaying it again um, after you know the next game I talk about that we're currently playing gets beaten. But um, what I love about it is that Marissa's experience was completely different from mine because she had different abilities uh, throughout the entire game. And so now we could literally just switch characters. I play as the wife, she plays as the husband. And now I'm going to get to experience everything, every moment, uh, every scene, every uh, every different action from her standpoint, as opposed to, and she'll be able to experience what I was experiencing. And so it is very much a game that has even replayability because of the fact that each person's play play experience is unique. Um, so yeah, this thing's done so right with that game to really do co-op, to basically give co-op its its due justice um, when it comes to video gaming, as opposed to just, you know, something that's an option to make a game, you know, easier, which is how often people view co-op. Um, so then we beat that, started playing some Towerfall. Not going to say much about that indie game that came out years ago. I know when it came out at the time, people were saying that it was a really fun game. So something that was always on my mind in the back of my head, but not something that I would play, you know, solo. And so, um, so I, it was on sale for like, I think like two bucks, <laughs> like three bucks. Um, and so I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna just pick this game up and I'll just put it in the backlog. We beat It Takes Two. And, you know, um, there's another game that we wanted to play was that moving game, but I was I was sitting there and I was like, ah, I want to play Towerfall first because I knew it was going to be short. And so we hopped in. Fun game. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have a co-op little short adventure style, um, uh, I guess, mode. And within that, it's basically about like 14 to 15 stages. And basically there's just waves of enemies and you're taking them out and they progressively, as you go from stage to stage, they introduce tougher and tougher enemies with uh, different attacks and abilities and things along those lines. Um, and so, yeah, and you're just working to survive that, that entire, um, all the different stages within each like level. And then you move on fun game. Um, 
solo wise i've been still putting in work into castlevania symphony of the night um only thing i'll add with that game is that you know when i started playing it mainly got into it because i was watching the the anime on netflix mm. and just needed that itch scratch and knew that it was one of the better games of all time and as i've said before it's completely living up to that and and then so now that i put more hours in the biggest thing about castlevania symphony of the night is it's a game that's just completely full of mystery um i know you'd mentioned that like with elden ring like one of the appeals is like it's a game that doesn't really explain much to you you're just in the world and you make your way through it and that's uh castlevania symphony of the night you're alucard you show up and you're in dracula's castle and you're working your way through and what's really cool about the game is that so you're getting these weapons along the way and i put in about like 10 hours now into the game and i'm just learning that the weapons have special abilities because they what? do not explain that to you. Um, like I was, I was using one weapon and I did something where I was like backstepping, uh, I, I backstepped from an attack. So I did basically a quick back forward and then I threw an attack, but then it ended up being like a special attack with this weapon. And I was like, what, let me do that again. So I did back forward, did this special attack and I was like, holy shit. And then so I then get another weapon later. I switch to that and I'm like, oh, well, now that I know that like that other weapon had that special ability. Let me do the same thing. I do the back forward. Nothing happens. I'm like, all right, all right, let me try it again. Back forward. Nothing happens. All right. Well, fuck it. Maybe only that weapon had the special ability doing a fight. And then I land a special attack and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what did I do there? This weapon ended up being, I have to do a Hadouken, so, you know, down, uh, down forward. And then I got off a special attack. So now I realize like, oh, so every and I don't know if it's every weapon, but every weapon might have a special ability and I have to figure out what's the the, the button combination in order to get that ability off. Um, even another one, I got this um, shield rod and uh, the description on it says works really well with, with shields. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I ended up equipping a shield and, you know, I'm kind of just like I'm, I'm I hold out the shield to block an attack and then I swing with the shield rod and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Not really seeing what's so special about this, but it's kind of cool. I accidentally hit the um, the two buttons, so the shield and the attack button at the same time, and it ends up doing uh, a spell that ups my resistance towards like any affinity, which is like fire, uh, lightning, all that stuff. Uh, uh, damn. Uh, damn. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, so that's this weapon's special attack um, and, or a special ability. And so you're just realizing, like, as you play the game, like, okay, like, so all the items that I have, there's a little bit more to them than I expected, than meets the eye. Then there's even things like with certain abilities, like I, I needed to jump to this ledge, I couldn't get there, couldn't figure it out. And then I get this mist uh, thing that you need to, in order to travel in between um, like bars, it's like, you know, Sylvania. So you need to get certain abilities to get past certain points. And so I get this mist ability and there are these bars and I can use it to get past the bars. Um, you know, what I didn't realize is that, so I get to this point where I need to jump across this ledge and I'm just not making it across this ledge, even with the double jump, uh, ability that I got. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Still can't get to it. Still can't get to it. I kind of give up. I get stuck. And then I'm like, I'm going back to that damn ledge. I'm going to figure this shit out. Yep. And so what I do is I do the jump, the double jump, and then I try the missed ability and it gives me, uh, it, it pushes me forward about like an inch and I'm like, oh shit. All right. But I don't make it. But then I realized like, okay, I can, I, there have actually been other jumps where I've been like an inch off. So now let me go and do all those. And so I did all those, got access to certain areas by doing the double jump and then the missed ability. 
So then there's still this one area that I cannot get across at the double jump and the missed ability gives me a little bit of an edge, but like, I'm still not close to the ledge enough. And then I'm like, fuck it. Let me just try this out. And so I jump, do the double jump, do the missed attack, do the missed ability. And then I do the missed ability again. What? And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait, so I can spam this and like get across like further edges if I time it right. And then so I basically do that. Um, and I get across the ledge and it opens up another area of the map. And so it's yes. things like that where it's like even the things that you think like, oh, they they I kind of have an understanding of what it does and what it um allows me to then you know access certain areas. Um it does even more than that. And so now I have to like almost re-examine everything that I have in the game and everything that I come across. Um, and so, yeah, because of that, like I can just imagine, like it's one thing, like I'm sure there are a lot of people who probably like played this, did a walkthrough and like, oh, the game is amazing. But like, you know, just like kind of learned all of this shit through guides. But like, that's part of the fun is just that discovery by like just pure accident. Like they're just like, they want you to kind of just play around with the game and just figure out all the little knickknacks and the the hidden secrets that then push you forward and allow you that help you gain access to certain areas that you just thought weren't available to you. Um, so yeah, because of that, I can just see why like this game was made in 1997 and it is doing so much that I have not seen in, you know, great Metroidvania style games that I've played as of late. And yeah, it just makes me want like another Castlevania game so bad. Yeah. But I'm not going to keep talking about Castlevania all day, Ada, because we have topics of the week. To- topics, topics of the, of the week. week. You want to lead off, A-Dub. You want to lead off. I'm going to lead off with it. Hit you with a little one, a little minor one. We got a we got an update on an up-and-coming project. We know when it's going to be up-and-coming, or at least we have a window by which this will occur. I'm talking about the Dead Space remake. Yes. This game is targeting an early 2023 release. AMC, is this going to be your dabble in horror? Are you jumping in with your boy? I mean, this is this is like the game, <laughs> apparently. I mean, um, when I saw like in that little bit of a preview that they showed, um, it's definitely a game I consider playing. Like, I I just like that idea of the um, you know targeting limbs and that being like one of the main features, and to see that now on you know a PS5 and to see how they could take that to the next step. Um, I think this is a good jumping on point and it's, you know, it's what I do like is that it's sci-fi horror. Um, so yeah, you're, you're in space as opposed to, you know, just like a resident evil style game and not to, you know, just like downplay resident evil and its impact, but you know, it just has a different appeal. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that this is a game that I could finally jump into when it comes to that horror genre. Mad dead space. I'm so excited. The first one, absolutely classical. And this remake looks like it's doing all the right things to recapture that experience while also integrating some of the best elements from the two sequels. I'm personally excited. We're looking like, I mean, hopefully early 2023, something like Q1. Can we get a repeat of 2022 next year with just heavy hitter after heavy hitter? Uh, we'll see once things really start shaking out. I mean, we also got news of a bunch of delays this year. Uh, the Forspoken got pushed back. We knew Saints Row got pushed back bunch of other stuff got moved around a lot of good things happening some unfortunate things but dead space coming in 2023 that's definitely a big boom 2023 also the year when perhaps microsoft will really start leaning into 
releasing some of the games they've been working on. So who knows? 2023 might be that year. At least with Dead Space, it will be going off with a bang. AMC, you got our next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Yes, I do. You know, I'm going to read off this February NPD for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just get right into the best-selling games of February for the United States A-Dub. Number yes. one, surprise, what? surprise. I mean, this is a big month, I got to say. <laughs> it's crazy. This is like we're just kicking off the year, and we're only two months deep, and just already the heavy hitters are, are here, and so many more to come. But number one on the list representing that, contender for game of the year, Elden Ring. Um, number two, surprise, surprise as well, Horizon 2, Forbidden West. Oh. <laughs> Uh, number three, still holding on because it came out in January, Pokemon Legends, Arceus. Uh, number four, Dying Light 2. Damn, more more new releases. Number five, another new release, Total War, Warhammer 3. Don't know much about that, but it's got Warhammer in the title, so I might have to check it out. Number six, Call of Duty Vanguard. Surprise, surprise. Seven. Madden NFL 22. So these are games that are have just stayed on the list. Uh, Madden NFL 2022, uh, number seven. Number eight, Mario Kart 8. Number nine, FIFA 22. Ten, Minecraft. Eleven, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm going to just rattle off these next couple. Mario Party Superstars. Animal Crossing New Horizons still selling. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate still selling. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War still selling. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, which nobody wanted apparently, selling well. NBA 2K22. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Far Cry 6, which I thought nobody wanted. And last on the list, because this game will always sell A-Dub, we got the clone. We got the OG. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Damn, still selling. Still. Uh, yeah, it's five still. years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see here. We got some notes for Elden Ring. Launch month sales of Elden Ring were the second highest for any track title released in the past 12 months, trailing only Call of Duty Vanguard, which released in November 2021. After one would, month. Oh, you uh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say it, it just came to my head. I would like it if Call of Duty Vanguard was literally you in first person guarding the van. Yeah, just holding it down <laughs> after wave after wave of people trying to get to that van. Uh, what you got in that van? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, after one month on the market, Elden Ring ranked as the fifth best-selling game of the 12-month period ending in February 2022. Uh, the reason why this is significant, Elden Ring came out at the end of February, I believe like around February 25th. So not, not long on the market, but within that little period of time, um, and by the way, February ends on the 28th, so even a shorter month. But in that little period of time is the fifth best-selling game of the last 12 months, so pretty impressive. We'll have some more numbers there later. A-Dub got that story. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Dollar sales of PlayStation 5 version of Horizon 2 Forbidden West set a new launch month record for the PlayStation 5 platform. So already killing it for PlayStation 5 titles. Let's see. Um, we have the top 20 best-selling games of 2022 so far. So this is just for, you know, two months. Number one, Elden Ring. Number two, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number three, Horizon 2 Forbidden West 4, Call of Duty Vanguard, Madden NFL 22, 6, Dying Light 2, Monster Hunter Rise, Total War, Warhammer 2, 3, 9, God of War, 
2018. Um, let's see, where are we at? 10, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8, FIFA 22, Minecraft, Mario Party Superstars, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Pokemon, Brian, Brilliant Diamond, yada, 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 Far Cry 6, NBA 2K22, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and 20, Battlefield 2042. Top 5, each individual console on the Nintendo platform. Number 1, Pokemon Legends. Number 2, Mario Kart 8, Mario Party Superstars. Animal Crossing New Horizons and number five, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Let's see, for the PlayStation 5, top five. Number one, Horizon 2, Forbidden West. So not Elden Ring. Number two, Elden Ring. Three, Dying Light 2. Four, Call of Duty Vanguard. And five, Madden NFL 22. And on the Xbox, number one, Elden Ring. Two, Call of Duty Vanguard. Dying Light 2. Madden NFL 22. And Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And as far as consoles go... You know, this is always basically whoever whoever has the most consoles out will be, you know, the top seller. That was all in the article. So number one, Nintendo Switch was the best selling hardware for February in the United States. Um, that is both unit sales and dollar sales. Number two, Xbox Series X and S. Meanwhile, also outsold uh, PlayStation in both metrics. And it was noted that um, PlayStation was struggling to get out consoles so you see <laughs> nintendo and xbox reaping all the rewards for playstation back up bitch because i'm struggling <laughs> yeah um i mean the big highlight here being elden ring just you know taking the world by storm we'll have some more numbers there later but a dub i know i know you expected this game to do really well but you know with the whole difficulty and all that stuff oh. and the 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 from software elitist did you expect from software to do this well from you know from a wider gaming sales standpoint uh, yes just not so soon because uh dark Souls dark souls 3 took four years to move 10 million copies it's the most successful souls game there is and then elden ring you know technically not being a souls game it's elden ring but to just crush that in two weeks is absurd what do you uh what would you attribute that to like it's you think like reviews is it that this is more accessible is it that people are lowering their guard as far as being worried about difficulty in uh in a from software game what, what do you what do you think attributes most to this i just feel like they had 10 million people locked and loaded who were waiting for that the next thing and elden ring just collects all of the best elements from all the different games puts them into one uh, absolutely massive handcrafted package and it's just undeniable how good it is. Everybody's raving about it. It's getting outstanding reviews from people who eventually finish it. It notoriously has a low number of reviews, which I kind of attribute to, well, maybe reviewers just haven't finished the game yet. <laughs> it's extremely tough. It's extremely massive. And yeah, man, it's... It's a juggernaut. Personally, I think it's going to be very hard to beat Elden Ring for Game of the Year. But insofar as its commercial success, I think I think this is also a lesson for the industry where like Elden Ring didn't emerge in a vacuum. This didn't just happen overnight. They didn't just get lucky and make some random game that people really resonated with. They have been cultivating this audience and the game that they would ultimately release for that audience 
for like almost two decades now. I mean, this goes all the way back to Demon Souls in 2009. And that, that unexpected success where people were importing it because Sony didn't release it in the West. And then it ultimately got published out here by Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai. And yeah, it broke out, became a hit. They decided to make it multi-platform because Sony dropped the ball. And that's how we get Dark Souls. It's labeled in retrospect as one of the most influential games of, of the past 10 years. And yeah, then Dark Souls 2 comes along, you know, kind of a soft step, but the fan base is still growing. Dark Souls 3 comes along. That sells gangbusters over time. And then, you know, there was also Bloodborne and Sekiro along the way, different flavors of the same thing. And then we get Elden Ring, like the magnum opus that just collects all the best parts, adds a lot of QOL stuff. And it's, it's truly outstanding. Like, I, I haven't found anyone that I know is genuinely playing the game that is having a bad time with it or is disappointed by it. I see a lot of trolling and <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I think From Software did it right. They, they made the game that they wanted to make without compromising or bending to, to genre norms or expectations or basically just trying to chase the dollar. They just made the game they want to make, which is their history. I don't think they ever had a game that moved more than a million copies until Demon's Souls. So, you know, they, they struck that vein and all they did was to continue to refine that vision for the people that resonate with it rather than trying to appeal to those on the outside by making something less true than what they already brought to market. Yeah, it's, it's a 15-year lesson in cultivating an idea as well as an audience. It, it was done beautifully. It was done slowly and steadily over time. And this is the end result. You know, developers might get lucky and focus test and market research their way into a hit, but they're probably going to be spending a lot of money trying to make it as pretty and as, as smooth as possible. Like Elden Ring, it's not the best looking game. It looks outstanding, though. It isn't the best performing game. It performs very well, though. And it's got content galore. It's true. To, it knows what it is. It doesn't try to be anything else. It doesn't hold your hand too much, unless you want it to. And it's it, it's unique. I mean, I was watching a video that someone posted on YouTube, basically, you know, taking on the whole easy mode thing and explaining why games like this shouldn't have easy modes. The moral of the story was that there are games with modes, there are games without modes. We need both of them because you never truly know what you want until you have it right in front of you. And like one of the stories that they used to articulate that was um, there was this market research guy, like a pretty well-known figure in the market research world. who was approached by, I want to say either Prego or Ragu, one of those, you know, tomato sauce companies. And they were like, Hey, we want to make, we want to make the best sauce because like we're the market leader on sauce, but, these competitors are cutting into our market, so we want to we want to dominate. And one of his sayings back when he worked with Coke, I believe, or he worked Coke or Pepsi, one of the two. It was like there there isn't one perfect Pepsi; there are perfect Pepsis. Because what happened is they they were trying to find the best flavor of Diet Coke, 
And they were expecting a bell curve by testing how much aspartame was in it or diet Pepsi, whatever. You go look it up yourself. But they were expecting to see a bell curve and most people preferring a particular mixture. What they saw was not a bell curve. And they saw that different people preferred different mixtures. And that's where he discovered, like, there is no one. There are many that are perfect because different people want different things, yet people don't necessarily know what they want if they've never had it before. So with the tomato sauce company, it wasn't that there was a perfect sauce, it's that there were perfect sauces. And what they discovered is that there was this unmet market for people who like chunky sauce because chunky sauce had not existed before. So when they made it, suddenly they found this market that was never being served. And like the, the end result there is that Elden Ring is like the chunky sauce of gaming. It's for the people who want <laughs> chunky sauce. <laughs> if you don't want chunky sauce, don't get Elden Ring. It's, it's as simple as that. And there are a lot of people out there who want that chunky sauce. And he's like, got that chunky sauce. <laughs> Everybody showed up. Elden Ring, it, it's, it's an achievement, man. And it's something that really has to be experienced to be believed, in all honesty. Because if, if I took... I could sit there and talk with somebody about Elden Ring and our individual experiences and, you know, in our shared experience, I should say. And we could just go on for hours just talking about the weirdest nonsense that nobody has ever heard in their lives. But it's just that this world is so jam packed with the most unique and engaging content that I've had the privilege of experiencing in my gaming life that it's, it's staying power is undeniable. Like I might even do a new game. Plus, I don't know. I'm a hundred hours in. I'm still playing. But 12, 12 million in two weeks, while it's surprising in its extremity, it's not surprising in its possibility. Because I everybody was waiting. And this is probably the most marketed from software game there was. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen advertisements for this on like digital bus stops. And things like, I mean, I remember back when we went to E3, we saw Dark Souls on the side of a bus, Dark Souls 3. And that was about the extent of the advertising I saw for that game. But Elden Ring, it was everywhere. You're going to know about it. And the people showed up, which I'm very grateful for. Because if any game deserved this kind of breakout success, it's Elden Ring. I would say um, one thing I am liking is that, and we'll see if it's a trend, but you, you brought up like difficulty. And it seems like, the response to difficulty from the developers is we're not going to add an easy mode, but here's co-op. And that's like, that's what Elden Ring did. It's like, here's co-op. So you can, if you got, if you're struggling with a boss, invite a friend and you can now take on the boss together. And we, we discuss it. And actually it might've been while we were, while we were gone, but Returnal, it's like, we're not going to give you an easy mode, but here's co-op. So mm -hmm. now you can have your friend jump in with you and help you play this, this, impossible game quote yeah. unquote um bringing somebody who beat it to beat it for you yeah exactly it's like <laughs> if you're struggling invite a friend who's better than you at the game and they can drag you through it and you can you can experience everything all the same <laughs> get your maternal yeah. sherpa <laughs> yeah and like i think that's um i think for those developers who are you know they're not willing to you know just you know totally just acquiesce and give in to every complaint about like a game being difficult. Uh, I think this is kind of at least it seems to be the working response as far as like two games that 
have been, you know, talked about as far as difficulty. Um, and it's funny because I'm with Elden Ring, you know, Fraternal, all we heard about was difficulty and punishing. And yada, yada. I am not hearing about that with Elden Ring. So I don't know if either the community is just more educated about like what to expect from these style of games. I don't know if Elden Ring is more accessible or it's, a, it, I don't know what factor it is, but I'm not hearing about it as far as like difficulty, which is a good sign. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like they're, whatever the issue is, they're handling it well. And um, maybe that is the connecting thing is having this co-op option. So th those people aren't bitching right now and you're not hearing about them. If you don't want to embrace the co-op or expose yourself to the invasion mechanic, you still have the NPC summons, which are upgradable. And those get the job done. They distract the boss, they inflict damage, and they allow you to get in a position where you can dish out pain and relative safety. So there are a lot of user-friendly options mm -hmm. in Elden Ring if you so choose to use them. However, some people can't even do that. Or it's like, oh, I, I summoned somebody, and they're not very good at the game, and it, we end up fighting a tougher boss, and we both lose. It's like, well, summon someone better. Yeah, <laughs> better. Exactly. Get somebody in your friend list. You can summon specific people, I believe. So it's if you're if you're online yeah. posting about not being able to find somebody good to play with, I'm sure you can find somebody online. Yeah. within that post that would gladly help you out It'll just come in and stomp a boss out for you real quick yeah <laughs> real quick but yeah let's move on to the next topic, topic of the of week, the week. Top topic of the week what you got a dub so you just did mpd did you mention the the elden ring sales correct well, you you had briefly mentioned the twelve million. So, if you want to gloss over that, I have some other numbers that I can add on to your story. If you want to do those those numbers yes. real quick, so it's official that Elden Ring has sold over twelve million copies worldwide in like two weeks since launch. Absurd number, absurd success. I think this is probably from Software's most successful game ever by a country mile. Easy, definitely because their best launch to a game easily at this point. Outstanding launch. Unbelievable. It's, review scores through the roof, just fan base going so good. Nuts. So good that people were questioning them. Like, no, this these, these can't be right. No game yeah. is this, this well loved. Oh, well, did they finish the review? Yeah. <laughs> or did they finish the game before they reviewed it? It's, it's, it's always funny. Like, a, a game can never just be good, <laughs> something can never just get good ratings. And it's like, oh, it's cool. I'll play it or I won't play it, whatever, but that's cool. It's always, no, there's something to this. They're paying somebody. There's something going on. They're misleading us. There's no way it could be. There's no way it can be what they're saying it is. Yeah. And well, also, too, it's like they, I think it's off of the, like, off of the fact that the momentum that has been building up this year with, uh, you know, Pokemon doing really well, then Horizon killing it before Elden Ring came out, then Elden Ring comes out, does even like, gets even higher scores and then even after that you see gran turismo come out and do well critically and it's just like people are like there, there can't be this much positivity which means people are over overly positive and thus we have to question the whole review process but it's funny though when a game gets a bad score that uh, all my concerns are confirmed i knew this game was gonna launch it was gonna launch with a flop uh, like, <laughs> but whenever a game does well, all of a sudden it's like, we got to question everything and the people yeah. behind that process. <laughs> Let's find one little loose thread that's going to unravel the whole tuxedo. 
Yeah. Um, so the add on top of that, let's see. Um, so this is Europe's number. So Elden Ring, this is by way of gamesindustry.biz, by the way. Elden Ring is Europe's biggest new game IP since The Division in 2016. The, yeah, biggest, game, the biggest game launch since Call of Duty Vanguard in November last year, according to the GSD, which is, I guess, the European version of the MPD. Um, they give a breakdown. Uh, the From Software game sold best on PC, representing 44% of total sales. Then came PS5 with 27%, Xbox with 16%, and PS4 with 13%. So um, just wanted to throw that in there. Also, you just see the uh, the power of PC, which gets overlooked often. But um, yeah, another, another area. I believe in Japan, it only launched number two. And, you know, it's Japan. Really? Yeah, it launched too because Pokemon was out, and you know, sold a, sold a million units in Japan, though. Yeah, it's just uh, if you look at it, it's, you, the Japanese market always kind of does its own thing. That's why there are games that we are aren't even aware of <laughs> that have been coming out for years in Japan, like um, Live Alive. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, like uh, I mean, still, regardless, though, the second best uh, game of February in Japan, we see it's the best selling game of Europe. Um, and then, yeah, in the U.S., best-selling game. So just in every market, just hitting all the marks. And absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. But some people can't be too happy. Some people got something to say. But this is a false alarm because we ain't doing Elden Ring trolls. Today. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. I was like, that can't be right because we got, we got other trolls. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we could briefly touch on it because it, there's, of course, being a From Software game, of course, being a difficult game there's always trolls people saying things like dark souls would be bland and uninteresting without without its difficulty it, guys playing on pc with what what they call trainers which is training you to do nothing else would be a terrible gamer is just like giving themselves god mode giving themselves hit points making enemies do less damage it's like ah oh, yeah see if you if you make the game so that it's not challenging then it's not challenging like, of course, it's stupid. <laughs> like, that's how things work. You could do that to any game and make it boring and uninteresting. And, you know, other people saying, like, oh, that it sold 8 million more copies than it deserves. Like, what math are you doing where you could even hazard that kind of guess? It's like, it sold what it sold. That's what it deserved because that's, how, that's what people wanted. Uh, other people is, like, of course, the easy mode. And, and they, they need an easy mode. And they need to add quality of life features and it needs a quest log. It's like, well, you don't want to play Elden Ring. You want to play Assassin's Creed or some other bullshit. Like, get over it, man. It's, it, we could do a whole episode on Elden Ring trolls, but we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to go to the next topic of the week. Top, that topic, topic of, of the week. week. What you got, AMC? I just went, but let's discuss this state of play, <laughs> A-Dub. <laughs> um... Uh, let's discuss state of play. They they had Harry Potter Hogwarts. Yes, they um, did. Let's. I mean, so this is a game that we that not we've been waiting for, but you know we've been hearing about it. The rumblings. We knew WB was working on it. I um, didn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was coming. It was just a matter of what shape it was going to show up in, and you know it comes in. People were like, "Where when Sony going to have its next state of play?" Well, we got it, <laughs> and it had it. You know, it showcased harry potter i mean loosely harry potter you're not you're not playing as harry potter but of that world so it's hogwarts and we got to see some of the gameplay mechanics we saw 
the combat. We saw a little bit of the world, the action, how you would travel in that world. We obviously saw the academy that you will be honing your skills at and developing your relationships. Um, I mean, what what did you take? Well, first off, I guess to set this up a little backstory, have you watched any Harry Potter movie up until this point? Uh, not with a great deal of intent or attentiveness. So yeah, I couldn't really tell you what's going on with Harry Potter, the relationships. I, I know about your boy Dobby. I know about I know about Harry and uh, Hermione. <laughs> I guess I, I watched I watched one Harry Potter movie on a date uh, years ago. I think it was the second one, and I literally could not tell you what happened in that movie. Like I watched That's because it because you were making out for most of the movie. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> like, I just, I watched the movie and just you know it's just uh, every now and then I watch a movie and cannot remember anything from it. Like later, <laughs> like it's yeah. it's weird how that happens. I guess you watch enough movies, just some stick and some don't. But yeah, running together. Yeah, but um, yeah. So basically, both of us not really having any real background in Harry Potter. So what did you think of this game then? Going in with that, I I thought it looked phenomenal. I mean, outstanding visuals. Uh, the suggestion of the massive scope of this game, like the game is so big that you could ride griffins and brooms and just coasting through the sky, looking over the landscape. I mean, they said they got little wizarding hamlets dotted all over the map where you can stop in, talk to vendors, get, get, get you some, some lore, some side quests maybe. I mean, it's visually there, not going to get out the park. It looks like Harry Potter. It looks like, it looks like Hogwarts, especially all that architecture and just walking through the actual school itself looks like that will be an activity that people spend hours doing, just looking through all the rooms and interacting with all the people and the, the objects that are placed within. They're, they show a lot, which I'm a big fan of whenever people reveal video games. It's like, show me a lot of it so that I have something to think about while I wait. And yeah. Harry Potter looks absolutely outstanding, even down to the combat, which looks to properly capture the fantasy of what it is to be that wizard fighting people with nothing but your spells and your wits. So, I mean, how did you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that combat. What, um, what I liked about it was it's as I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is how Harry potter combat would be like it would be weird if like you're playing a harry potter game and you're shoulder rolling <laughs> dodging attacks and things like that like like as you're like trying to get to the back of the enemy like uh you wouldn't want it to play like a from software game it just it wouldn't make sense um and so the fact that like you're pretty stationary and you're kind of attacking multiple enemies with spells and it's kind of prioritizing what enemies are coming at you and then picking a certain spell to counter um what attacks they have coming your way um that's i think the perfect way to handle a harry potter style of game when it comes to you know that type of spell casting and so because of that it i i thought like it was they whoever made this game had an idea of how like if you were watching Harry Potter and you wanted to then play a game based on the movie you were watching, they hit the mark. It looks like like perfectly. Like I was, I was saying to you, like when we were watching the pre-show, I was like, they made a Harry Potter game. And the example to that would be Ghost of Tsushima. When I played that, like I played games where I'm a samurai, but I've never played a samurai game. And when I got Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, 
I am playing a samurai game. Like I am living in feudal Japan and I am in this open world do handling shit and I am doing samurai shit at the same time. Um, I felt like that's exactly what this Harry Potter game is. It's like if I watched the movie and I wanted to play a game, like this is how the combat would look. This is how the world would look. If I was going to travel, this is how it would, ha- this is how it would handle. And so they just, they clearly fans of the genre and were able and seemed to have adapted it well to the video game space. And, you know, and seeing that with the combat, like blasting a dude, picking him up, blasting him in the air, shooting somebody else, slamming that dude back to the ground. Like it's um, you're multitasking while just casting out all these spells. And it's, it's really interesting. I want to see how it opens up because they really only showed us, um, you know, combat with other humans, but they, as they, uh briefly touched on in the game there's animals out in the world i think they at some point it looked like they were fighting like zombies or the undead so there's going to be different enemy types yeah and with the different enemy types i'm I'm sure it's gonna provide different challenges for the combat and so yeah with that like with the little that we saw i thought it was the perfect the perfect um you know adaptation i thought of a harry potter game what else you got on with that game adub I mean, where to begin? You're going to have you're you're going to have the pleasure of putting on the sorting cap and being sorted into your relevant Hogwarts school, whether that be Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome, uh, man. You know, it's not that I'm not a fan of Harry Potter, but I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. If if that makes sense, it's like I'm not like oh, I love Harry Potter. I'm just like that's oh, Harry Potter. I'll watch it. But it, it seems like they, they put a lot of time and attention to detail into this game to make sure that it's not going to, la- it's not going to land flat. So I'm very excited to just play it as a fully featured, highly nuanced wizard game. But mm-hmm. being Harry Potter and knowing that I'm going to be learning a bit about that universe while also experiencing it, it it's kind of a big draw. I mean, we know that the game is scheduled to be released of holiday 2022. So that's something to look forward to this year, adding yet another contender possibly to the game of the year race, who knows. But insofar as Harry Potter fans, I think this is the game that Harry Potter fans deserve. They have all the, they have mystical like fantasy creatures that, that you can encounter. I think you can make some of your pets. You can levitate a brush brushing their bodies get getting that spot get that leg going <laughs> i love that because that's like that thing that um you know people love to like red dead too it's like oh i can like i can groom my horse <laughs> but it just was like i can he, pet a dog <laughs> yeah he's like he's using his magic to like groom the horse you see him just standing there waving like his wand or his hand and then like yeah. the brush is going up and down on the belly <laughs> that's right <laughs> i mean they have that they have what looks like a settlement building mechanic where you you step through what can only be described as sort of a Narnia-esque door where you go into this lush green environment where you're able to just build structures and put your pets in there or your friends. I don't know how they treat pets in the Harry Potter world, but yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. You go into town, you can pick out your outfit, get you look tight. You you can get yourself purple hair, get yourself green hair. I know there are a lot of people who are into that and a lot of people who aren't. Well, the it people looks like I, I would think the people who are into that are also mad at this game. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. 
And by mad, um, I mean by mad, I mean boycotting this game. Who knows? I mean, maybe <laughs> that, maybe there are still people out there that can separate the art from the artist. Yeah, but I mean, in this, it's it's not even like really Harry Potter. It just takes place in the Harry Potter universe. Uh, your player is a customized character that is going to be a a first year, fifth year student. Like you're starting right at fifth year. So you're gonna be taking wizarding classes where they're gonna have curriculum geared toward getting y'all caught up to the fifth years. Fucking up the other students. Fucking up the other students <laughs> if necessary, because the duel's the only way to really get your spells tight. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna, there's a crafting system where you're gonna be creating items and potions and things that can help you when you're out in the world getting your wizard on. Uh, there's even what the, the room of requirements that sort of it sort of predicts the things that you're going to need out in the game world and it makes them for you it looks like there's some some real life timers on some of this stuff <laughs> yeah man harry potter has a great deal going on i'm looking forward to seeing more of this game especially that combat because they've put all the necessary time and attention into not only their their visual effects and the overall visual quality, but their animations as well. Uh, there was a scene where your character is levitating a little imp that's, you know, found himself on the receiving end of your magic. It starts slamming the imp against the ground and they're like bouncing and their arms are flailing and the most believable ragdoll I've ever seen. There's borderline film quality animations going on i'm thoroughly impressed by the work the studios and i believe avalanche and warner brothers have done making this, this crazy game it looks to be like another massive open world where things are happening and there's places to explore i think harry potter fans are being done the greatest justice imaginable with hogwarts legacy but some people got other things to say. <laughs> some people ain't feeling it. Some, some people ready to give it that zero out of ten because reasons. Some people ain't got better things to do than to hate on people having a good time with a video game. We got troll of the week. 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 Troll <laughs> so you already know who it is you already know what they're doing what it first show says <laughs> you know what it is you know why it is first show says be honest are you hyping up hogwarts because you have no way to play starfield this is directly this is directed at just sony fans <laughs> sony owners <laughs> directed at sony fans hey sony did the state of play so i don't know why they would do a state of play for a multi-platform game even though they have multi-platform games and state of plays all the time it's called the indie showcase but yeah man it's it's interesting this whole year has been fraught with impromptu versus battles between games that have nothing to do with each other and have by and large, separate fan bases with a little bit of overlap here and there. Uh, not too long ago, it was Horizon Forbidden West versus Elden Ring. A lot of that was tinged with the desire to diminish Horizon in every conceivable manner, which they have been doing ever since it had been announced. And that's just what they do. For some reason, Horizon... I don't know how Horizon has garnered what is possibly the most toxic and negative hate base 
for any franchise I've ever seen. Like, you know, there was a lot of hate in for No Man's Sky. There was a lot of hate for The Order 1886. There was a lot of hate for Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, the the hate base is also the fan base of Destiny 2, which is a weird combination there. But with Horizon, there is a straight-up community of people who want nothing more than for the game to fail. And if it doesn't fail, they want you to believe it failed. So they're going to give you these false dichotomies versus other games to make it seem like Horizon isn't doing too good. When it quite clearly is, according to the sales data. But I digress. Next troll says... Interested to know those PlayStation only users are gonna hype this up more because they have no way to play Starfield. <laughs> so I you see the trends already there. People trying to set up this. It it went from Horizon to Horizon and Elden Ring to for a minute it was about Hogwarts Legacy and Forspoken because oh they both use spells so they're up against each other. One's gonna pull from the other. It's like, Fellas, that's not how anything works, people. For one, you're never in a situation where somebody only gets one game and plays that game and then gets another game and then just plays that game. I bought three, four games this month, and I've been playing the hell out of Elden Ring. I put like 40 hours into Horizon. I put like 20 or 30 hours into GT7. I haven't even started Anno Mutationum, which I was very excited to get. I'm 100% getting Starfield. That's that, uh, that's that's the concept of a game that I live for. That's happening. But I'm also getting Forspoken. Hell, I might even get Harry Potter. Who knows? But the point is that all these games can coexist. People buy more than one game. No one game has just it's just sucking fans away from other games. People are going to buy the games they are going to buy. The games that are going to be successful are going to be successful. It doesn't matter their proximity to other successful games. It doesn't matter the parallels and similarities in their content. Get real, fellas. Next show says, this looks absolutely horrible. Borders on two generations ago, visually, and the combat looks so stiff and uninteresting. Enemies just stand around doing nothing. L. Uh, AMC, you mentioned something interesting earlier in the show about a personal favorite game of ours, Ghost of Tsushima. When this game was revealed, the demo had the player running around, basically cutting down every enemy in about one or two slices. And the narrative that sprung up from there is, oh, it's, it's just one hit kills. Oh, it's just Assassin's Creed in Japan. And then Ghost of Tsushima came out. And suddenly, oh, the, the, I thought it was going to be different. Why is it getting reviews like this? <laughs> I mean, one of the best combat systems around. It's, you could get it close to one-hit kills if you want to, but that will only last in the early game. Because if you start going up to the more difficult regions with the, with the different color enemies, I forget what the color hierarchy is. Wasn't there like there's yellow guys and there's like green guys? <laughs> They get tougher. They have better combos. They're harder to kill. You got to be more crafty, use more skills. It's a gameplay reveal. You think they're going to show you high-level combat where the enemy is really giving the demo or a challenge? They're trying to show you what's possible from the player perspective. They're not trying to show you what, what kind of challenge the game offers. They're just 
demonstrating the content of the game. Also, we already know if they show challenge in the game, and like, oh, the game's too difficult. It's too I know hard. I don't know if I can play this game. Harry Potter needs easy mode. Yeah. <laughs> it needs an apprentice mode. Next troll says, meh. <laughs> Next troll kind of looks meh to me. We've seen this before. LOL. Where? What game? What game is doing what Harry Potter's doing? So to, even to reflect on one of the previous shows talking about combat is stiff, people are standing around. They're casting spells. It's going back and forth. You're, you're getting into spell duels. You're using things all over the environment. You're dashing, dodge rolling, utilizing stealth, moving around, throwing people into other people. They're lifting you up and hitting you with spells. It's, it's wizard combat. Like They're not going to be running around and jumping and doing gymnastics and sword fighting. They're casting fucking spells. To me, it almost looks like what could be a competent system for a real-time, real-time turn-based kind of combat where the action is happening in real time, but the players are standing on different sides and like you're just you're you're just managing the battlefield. They're throwing spells at you, you cast your reflect barrier, suddenly you got time to throw your spells out, throw things at people, and disintegrate a, a statue what have you. I mean, I'm very, if there's anything I'm most excited about with Hogwarts is to see the breadth of the spell selection and what kind of, what kind of combos you can pull off that are going to spell victory. Next show says, LOL, no. This is what you get when you leave out the creator of the Harry Potter universe to please a few resentful, disgraced people. A soulless game. Graphically, the setting looks good, but that's it. It lacks personality, and the combat looks like garbage. They have to show me more, because at the moment, the game seems very mediocre. Anything to say about that, AMC? I mean, that comment is very mediocre. It's <laughs> yeah. everything you expect from, like, the trolls. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> it's like everything so far has been kind of expected. As far as, like, I watched a trailer. I think I have it figured out and the game is going to suck when you don't know anything. And then when the game comes out and does well, then it's like, I, there must be something up with the reviews <laughs> who got paid, who got paid. Why, why are people so positive about this thing? <laughs> because my assessment in no way can be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> my my assessment, assessment of a video of a video of the first video footage that I've seen in that game. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm seeing people that are saying things like, Starfield is being overmarketed when all they've done is slow dripped developer commentary video showing off concept art. <laughs> it's being overmarketed. <sighs> they put out like four videos. What the uh, fuck are you talking about? Next show says it will be better than Horizon Forgotten West. That's for sure. I don't know if that was a typo or intentional AMC. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure, intentional. Yeah, intentional. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like this this ongoing narrative that somehow for Horizon gets like buried by other games that come out. And this is not even like within like a couple weeks. This is months <laughs> later. It's gonna somehow get buried. But uh, I mean, I guess obviously that's an attack on you know PlayStation fanboys who who went out and bought Horizon and are really enjoying their game that they bought. Uh, it's funny, like somehow horizon is 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 struggling and yet like 
got greenlit for a second game, got greenlit for a VR game. <laughs> like the head, the head of Gorilla is what, like president now. <laughs> so like for this game that is apparently doing very bad, Sony seems to be holding it in high regards that like they're doing everything possible to get more and more of anything within the IP's radius. So yeah, um, people can keep saying that this game is somehow getting buried, but Sony is well aware of the success behind Horizon. Oh, so because it is successful, you know, could be better. All things could be, but what's there is pretty fucking awesome. Excellent continuation of the story. They don't need to worry about what these dudes are saying. Speaking of, Next troll says, imagine being an adult playing Harry Potter. Elden Ring is clearly game of the year for people over 15. Imagine being a gamer passing judgment on other gamers for what they choose to play. Like, we're all in the same hobby. What's wrong with somebody playing Harry Potter? Like, let's see, let's see your grown and sexy playlist of video games. <laughs> what, are you, what are you playing that's so adult and mature? Oh, because it has an M on the box? That makes it somehow better than harry potter yeah, i mean i would even say like to that person i'm sure there are people who look at adults that play video games as kids <laughs> so, I, get a girlfriend and a baby yeah like well <laughs> you still play video games so yeah i mean you still <laughs> yeah it's like you could you could look that in so many ways like it's that's kind of the point is like I you like playing video games. It's not that I'm I'm an adult and I now only play adult video games. Odds are you play video games as a kid and then you grew up playing video games and so you just enjoy video games. It's not well, I've aged out of certain games. <laughs> no longer if, eat cereal with mascots. <laughs> yeah. If anything, then you aged out of playing video games at that point because you gave up anything that you love from your childhood. <laughs> In short, you got old. Yeah. <laughs> You can grow up without getting old. Yeah. Maintain your inner child. Maintain your, your outgoing, adventurous spirit. Just don't become all old and crotchety like back in my day. Yeah, it's like those the people who are like, they're like these grown men who are watching superhero movies. It's like because they're good. <laughs> it's like well, only kids can watch superhero movies now because that's a kid's medium, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just... Uh, there's a lot of commentary on that that I just completely just brush aside. And it's even worse if there's somebody who's within the forum trying to judge and base and, and decide what's kid and what's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is an adult film. I like the DC movies because they're they're more gritty. <laughs> it's like they're still fucking superhero movies. Yeah. No, but, uh, but it's not it's sad though. This one has blood. <laughs> it's like okay. It makes me feel bad. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Next troll says, I can smell the microtransactions from that trailer alone. <laughs> There's always one guy. Yeah. <laughs> what about microtransactions? Microtransactions. Don't use them. That's the moral of the story. If you don't like microtransactions, don't use them. Knowing that they're in the game isn't going to change the game. It's not going to change your experience. Don't use them. Don't buy the game. Move on. Shut up. Next show says, this is a child's game. <laughs> Whatever. You go ahead and carry that negativity in your heart. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll go into cardiac arrest and do us all favor. Next show says, Forspoken is looking DOA with Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> 
first of all, they probably don't even come out at the same time. I think Forspoken got delayed to within one week of your boy's birthday in October. So that's a nice little surprise. Even though I would have liked to have gotten it sooner rather than later, I appreciate the extra five months of, of polish that's going to be going into it. The latest gameplay trailer that they showed for Forspoken looked rather convincing, seeing some new moves, a lot more action. So very pumped for Forspoken, Hogwarts Legacy, not necessarily pumped for it, but it is something that I find interesting and we'll be keeping an eye on it. I mean, if they can stick the landing on it, as long as it doesn't have any significant performance issues or as long as it, as long as it doesn't just look cool, if all the parts are working together to yield a cohesive, realized Harry Potter experience, then I would be very interested in diving in. However, one game succeeding or one game being apparently more popular than the other doesn't mean that the other game is immediately going to suffer. For all you know, the people who are interested in Forspoken aren't interested in Harry Potter and the people who are interested in Harry Potter aren't interested in Forspoken. They might have their own fan bases so both can succeed and thrive in the same environment around the same time of the year. It happens. I mean, what, there's still no one video game that is sold to every gamer ever. It's not like people all like and dislike the same things. Every video game dreams of an attach rate of over 5%. So that's, it, what about the other 95% of players? Like, <laughs> they're, they're out there waiting for the games that they're interested in. Horizon sold 20 million copies, not 200 million. So there's a lot more people out there who are looking for something different, who are looking for something they perceive to be better. And thousands of games every console generation, but sure, like one's going to die because another one is somewhat similar. Sure. Yeah. What I would say, like kind of what you're saying, there's no game that everybody's played. Grand Theft Auto V, which is... I'm just going to say greatest selling game of all time. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but let's just mm-hmm. say greatest selling game of all time. It still shows up every month on NPD or it did. And that was because there's always somebody out there who didn't have Grand Theft Auto five. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like a game that has basically that have felt like everybody has bought it. There are still people who don't own Grand Theft Auto five. So like there's just a game that is not for everybody but everybody wants to act like every game is for everybody we should start a pool about when we think grand theft auto 5 will stop selling mm-hmm. uh, my money's on 2026 but we'll see <laughs> last troll says unless you're 15 years old why would you care about harry potter let me dig out my power rangers while i'm mad at him power rangers um, kind of dope Power Rangers is kind of dope. And probably <laughs> worth some money these days, depending on which ones you have. I don't know, Megazord's worth a little something. But uh, unless you're 15 years old, why would you care about Harry Potter? Well, the thing is, Harry Potter's been around a lot longer than today. So <laughs> the people who enjoy it now were probably 15 at one point reading those books. The people who enjoy it now and are over the age of 15 probably already like it. So they're coming in. You don't just stop liking something because you pass some arbitrary number of times around the sun. And going around the sun doesn't change your, your likes and your dislikes. It has a fan base, and they're going to show up for that game. What is with this, like, 
I don't want to call it gatekeeping, but what's this ongoing obsession with passing judgment on everything in the gaming community? Like there's always people trying to put qualifiers on stuff like, well, this is for this group. So why would you be interested? And it's always on some exclusionary kind of thing where you shouldn't like this. You liking this is not correct. <laughs> like, like you shouldn't like Elden Ring because it's too difficult. It needs more accessibility options. It needs quality of life. You shouldn't like Forspoken because it's woke and I can't tell you why, but I'm just gonna keep saying that it's woke. And you shouldn't like Horizon because I'm not attracted to Aloy and whatever. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's weird is what it is and it's baffling. I wish I didn't engage with this on a daily basis. <laughs> Because I'm a much better person when I don't engage with online communities. You know, there's always the handful of people who have tremendous amounts of, of common sense and maturity that can readily discuss their likes, their dislikes in respectful, tactful manners. But then it, the internet continues to be overwhelmed with these just trolls. And it's been a hotbed of activity since the start of this year. Like, past two months most especially i mean i guess i guess when people are hating in greater numbers it means that there's more things to hate which must mean that we're doing extremely well but an amazon guy real quick <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week 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 you need to grab that package. Uh, the package is coming to me. Okay. Um, some protein and some hand cream. You know how I do. Got to keep it. Got to keep it sexy. Got to keep it healthy. Yes, sir. Uh, I only have one last thing. It's a quick hit. Let's and then, get into um, it. Triangle Strategy A Dub has what? sold two hundred thousand copies in Japan, at Asia alone, and eight hundred thousand worldwide within two weeks. It's about, um, about to be platinum strategy. Platinum strategy. Yeah. So already doing better. Are selling faster than its predecessor, Octopath Traveler. So that yes. is a good sign. And I will hopefully be playing that game soon. What, yeah. else, what else you got? Uh, I think I am completely out of topics, except for this one little quick hit going back to that Elden Ring news. Uh, as you guys probably heard earlier in the show, uh, From Software released one of the first major patches for the game to buff and nerf certain things. Uh, there were a lot of builds that people were posting online that allowed them to basically one-shot bosses. And quite naturally, From Software's like, hey, maybe let's not do that no more. So <laughs> certain... Certain abilities, certain ashes of war, certain weapons have been nerfed. Uh, certain boss fights that were just a little too absurd are slightly less absurd. Maybe that's why I ended up beating Radon last night. But I, I'm not putting qualifiers on it. I'm just enjoying myself playing the game. <laughs> I'm going to use what's available to me. And if I happen to succeed, then I happen to succeed. However, yeah, uh, there, there was a notable build or a notable thing that was nerfed recently that speedrunners were relying upon in order to get to the game. Like for reference, uh, the speedrunning community was really tearing into Elden Ring over the past couple of weeks. I believe the first official speedrun time for completing the game uh, in what's called uh, anything goes. So, you know, glitches, exploits, all that stuff. 
first speed run time posted under an hour. And then I believe either in the same day or in the same week, that record was broken twice to the point that we end up with the speed run record for Elden Ring getting to under 30 minutes before this patch comes out. And speedrunners are not too happy. They are declaring RIP speedruns <laughs> due to the changes that were issued for Elden Ring. Uh, let me see. Uh, Distortion 2, this is coming by way of IGN. Uh, Distortion 2 isn't the only person expressing dismay at the new patch. Uh, Distortion 2 tweeted RIP Elden Ring speedruns in response to a reduction in power for an Ash of War known as the Horfrost Stomp. It's a previously extremely powerful ice spell. Uh, Distortion 2 wasn't the only person that expressed dismay. Uh, Elden Ring streamer Elijah's who's currently trying to complete the game with all remembrances, major bosses, as quickly as possible, tweeted, Miyazaki, what have you done to my boy? RIP all remembrance speedruns for now. Time to come up with a brand new route. And, you know, in light of this information, all I can really say is that that's how things go. Like, yeah, you guys had a moment where you were getting your speedruns in, you found your bills, you found the... You found the answer that would get you through everything as quickly your, as possible. You got your loot cave. You got your loot cave, and now it caved in. So you either have to find another one, or you have to get through the game in a more genuine manner. That's just the nature of things. Use your larval tiers. Respect. Build around something else. Find something else. It's. You guys got the times posted. Great. Figure out another way. <laughs> <laughs> like it sucks. I, I'm not making light of the situation. I know how it is to have things one way and then it being changed. And it's like, oh, well, this isn't the same anymore. I mean, I can recall the situation with Killzone 2 where I was really in love with the bullet physics and the bullet drop in that game. I was I was working that game like butter in multiplayer. It was one of the most enjoyable experiences I ever had playing an online multiplayer game. And then people kept complaining about the bullet physics. Oh, I point my gun at something and it doesn't hit. It doesn't make sense. And sure enough, bullet physics change and it becomes more similar to every other shooter that's already on the market. It doesn't stand out as much and I lose interest rather quickly. So, yeah, I get it. But at the same token, it's still possible to do speed runs. And who knows, because you aren't relying on that one thing anymore, you might find something to get you through the game even faster. You might find a better route. Who knows? But give yourselves the opportunity to do something different and see what you can come up with. Like, you guys are creative and talented. I believe in you. You got this. <laughs> AMC, how do you feel about speedrunners being actively assaulted in this manner by this patch? I don't really care. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm always in line with the, the idea of like the developer has their philosophy of how a game should be played. And once people step outside of that, um, they have the absolute right to put people back into their place and to bring balance to their game. And there's nothing wrong with that. People always want balance when they feel like they're over overmatched and they're going against bullet sponge enemies. But then the moment that they get some type of advantage, they get upset when 
they're brought back to the brought back to earth. So yeah, um, I think it's in line with the philosophy of how they want the game to be played. And so they will make the proper adjustments. Also, I mean, aren't you on a PC? So can't you just like develop another mod and then fucking go back to cheating? <laughs> so Do I get homebrew. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it doesn't really affect the PC gamers that much. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure everything wasn't on the up and up when it came to those speed runs, as we've learned with uh, past stories that AW has pointed out with uh, speed runners getting caught cheating. Um, <laughs> admitting the cheating yeah and so i i yeah like this isn't gonna this has stopped you momentarily but there's already somebody putting in the code figuring the shit out and then you will have your overmatched ground stop ice damage attack again and you'll be back to speed running within under an hour a game that takes hundreds of hours you're gonna beat an hour yeah it's just ignoring everything yeah <laughs> i want to see the credits as soon as possible yeah it's like what how about your speed run is i download somebody else's save file and then i upload the end of the game <laughs> and, then, and then i call that a speed run yeah damn well i mean it's to to add on to this I hate to be what some would consider a victim blamer in this situation, but, you know, I go on my social media and as I'm swiping, I see multiple articles about all kinds of just crazy abilities and overpowered weapons that you can get in Elden Ring. And they're showing you, to, they're showing you like step-by-step step how you get it, how you should build your character, what it does, what you should equip to amplify its power. Like, oh, here's here's my build, how I one-shot bosses by dual wielding great swords and blessing both of them with the buff and then taking this thing and then taking this other thing, step in the boss fight, hit him with a jump and attack, dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's cool that you figured it out, but by you posting that on the internet, you're then putting that in the hands of other people who are then going to just copy and paste your method and use that to breeze through the game while from software is collecting player data so they know what's going on and of course by putting a spotlight on them you're also going to put a spotlight on that you're bringing it to their attention it's like oh this is what people are doing now this is what's happening let's examine this and let's adjust it so you know i i understand community because that's what from games are all about is that community and sharing this information however when when you make this stuff public when people take it and go out of control with it of course the developer is going to do something it's within their scope of capability to do now so you can't be mad if you're posting your your one-shot build online people abusing it to their own selfish benefit and then the developer doing something about it. That's just what's going to happen. So you got to accept some kind of fault there because the developer is just doing their best to make the experience as perfect as they possibly can for everybody. And they just want it to be something that people go out and experience all the content with. You know, I don't know how From Software feels about speedrunners, and I'm not going to attribute any subjective opinions about like how this patch could be interpreted as their feelings towards speedrunners. But you know, if I were a developer and I saw people who were abusing like a single build and just breezing through all the challenges of the game, I would also put out some kind of nerf to change that. Miyazaki's gone on record saying that. Their intent 
is to give people that feeling of overcoming hardship and challenges. That's what these games are all about. Is you know, you, you even have situations where people have spoken to fans of the games, players of the games, where it's like if if the game had an easy mode, how would that have changed things for you? And the one thing that people say is that, well, if there was an easy mode and I was, you know, having a tough time with a boss, I might have caved to the temptation to turn down the challenge to get past the boss instead of eventually figuring it out at the difficulty that is already on. So it's, I mean, there's no greater feeling than overcoming a challenge in souls. I told you about the boss that I was stuck on in Elden Ring, which prompted me to go explore as much of the open world as I possibly could until I had no choice but to come back to that boss. And then last night, I just, I don't know, it just worked. And I took him down. And it was one of the greatest feelings in my life, not in my life, but you know what I mean. It was <laughs> of my gaming life, like of my gaming career, overcoming that of, of what was a seemingly impossible encounter and just getting through it. There is no greater feeling than that, especially when you know that like, not only did I overcome that challenge, but I've also been granted access to the rest of the game. <laughs> like that's, that's an unbridled feeling. And I'm very thankful for from software for being able to deliver that kind of feeling to us consistently in the most unique and entertaining packages that gaming has ever seen. Like, I really hope the industry is learning some very valuable lessons from the success of From Software's games and just the total, the total, like, I want to say beauty and uniqueness of Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and now Elden Ring. Elden Ring is easily front runner for Game of the Year for me. We'll see. Starfield's the, the only other possible contender as far as I'm concerned for Spoken might creep up. But these are outstanding games. Play them for what they are. And do you figure out your formulas, figure out your speed runs, and you're just going to have to deal with the changes that come down, roll with the punches, figure it out. I believe you. AMC. Got nothing else, A-Dub. You got any final words before we get out of here? I think I've, I've had too many words today. <laughs> I yes, think sir. people have had enough of me for two weeks. Yes, sir. All right. Well, this is Control Issues. I see. And this is A-Dub. Thanks for coming. Suckers! Suckers!